Hi there and welcome to Inside Rugby League, the Yorkshire Evening Post Rugby League podcast. I'm Richard Byram and joining me on the line again today is my colleague Peter Smith, the Yorkshire Evening Post Chief Rugby League writer. Hi Peter, you keeping well? Hi Richard, yes, not too bad, thank you. Um, just, it's starting to drag a bit now this, isn't it? I think everybody's in, in the same boat, six weeks of... Um, of lockdown, even longer without any live sport, I think we're all uh, we're all getting itchy feet. We want to get back into the the um, the real sporting business now, and uh, as far as we're concerned, particularly rugby league. Yes, unfortunately, indeed. unfortunately, I, I don't think there's uh, there's much sign of that happening yet. No, no. I mean, it, the risk of us sounding like we repeat ourselves every week, uh, you know. There really is no change and, and doesn't seem to be any light coming at the end of the tunnel at the moment even. Lockdown seems to be still firmly in place uh, despite reports saying that people are breaching it around the country or are getting fed up and want the shackles loosening a bit but the government seem determined to keep things as they are for now to, to protect everybody and you can only take their advice and assume they're working on the best advice that's suitable for everyone across the country, and it's not for certain groups. Well, obviously, it's not what it's not what anybody really wants, is it? But um, I think people would maybe feel a little bit um, aggrieved if if suddenly all the restrictions were lifted, and then there was another wave of this um, of this virus, and and we had to be locked down again. But yeah. it's interesting to see that in Australia, where they've not had it um, anything like as bad, they're now looking to um, restart the NRL, which is the Australian main competition, at the end of May, May 28th. Teams will be back in training from next week, from Monday, May the 4th. What they're going to do is a 20-round season. They played two rounds already when the competition was suspended back in um, back in March. They're, those two rounds will count. They'll play 18 more games, and the grand final is going to be three weeks later than planned, um, at the end of October. Right. The thing about that is the date for um, the date for the grand final now is six days before supposedly the first Ashes Test. Right. Against um, England at the University of Bolton Stadium. I don't think anybody thought that was going to happen on that particular day, but there's even less chance of, of that happening now, yeah. I think. Also, the Aussies haven't yet announced when State of Origin is going to happen. That's the big annual three-match series between New South Wales and Queensland. But they said it will take place, and it looks like that's going to be November. So the Ashes aren't, aren't going to happen, unfortunately. I mean, I, there was a possibility. I think um, European Super League may well be playing in, in November anyway, but the, there might still have been a possibility of, of somehow staging the Ashes, but it, it's not going to go ahead if there's any sort of clash with State of Origin, unfortunately, which is another blow for International Rugby League. It is indeed. It's uh, it, Well, it's getting good and bad news, isn't it? It's good that the Aussies seem to have a plan in place. And they've been f- confident for a while now, haven't they, that the players would return to training at the start of May. And they'd always penciled in this May the 28th date. And I was reading uh, just before we came on air, in fact, one of the Australian officials was saying that the rate of new infections, I think in New South Wales in particular, is far less than the amount that was happening when they were still playing. So obviously they're, they're hopeful that that 
wave is out of the way and they can start getting back to some kind of normality. Um, yeah. But as you so, so as, as you were saying about the origin as well, um, I know they haven't officially announced any dates yet, but again, a couple of things I've read over the week kind of suggested that it looks like that would be around the time that we'd maybe pl- or the game had planned to host the Ashes series. So you know, as we know, Australia put. Uh, precedent on their domestic game anyway in the good times don't they so let alone the bad they'll obviously look at that as a money spinner at the end of the season yeah and they regard state of origin a lot more highly than they do test rugby yes unfortunately I think the opposite is obviously true here we we would um, everyone in the European game was looking forward to seeing the Kangaroos coming over at the end of this year. It was giving all the players something to aim for and aspire for and, and something for the fans to look forward to. So it's a it's a real blow. There, there needs to be more emphasis on the international game. Everybody knows that. If, if the sport's ever going to grow and thrive, the thing that attracts attention and headlines is international competition, it test is. matches. Sadly, the Australians... Um, aren't particularly committed to that. These are exceptional times, of course, we all understand that. But I think the Aussies have never, or certainly recently, not shown a great deal of commitment towards the um, the international arm of the sport. And that's obviously not changing. They'd far rather play state of origin than, than a test series yeah. against England, which is, um, which is unfortunate. It's, it would have been a money spinner for the RFL as well after what's obviously been a very difficult year. So that's um, that's going to be an, another blow for um, for the sport. But it'll be interesting to see how things progress. As I say, that there may have been some way of working the ashes in and around the do, the domestic competition here, but if the Australians are going to be playing state of origin, it it just isn't realistically isn't going to happen. No. Why do you think it is that they're not interested in international rugby, Peter? Do you think it's because they just too, think they're too good or that, that they can't be bothered coming all this way for three games? Or It just seems strange you know, when they've had so many great players down the years and you know, playing for the Kangaroos or the Green and Golds. And you'd think that the players themselves you know, would think, well, that's the pinnacle playing for Australia. You know, I know there's not many teams at their level but it just seems it seems a strange attitude to take yeah it, it it's a tough one isn't it they i mean the australians regard state of origin as the as the pinnacle uh, yeah. Queensland versus new south wales that they'd certainly regard the england team as a step down from that which is is a shame um it, it's backward thinking in, in my opinion but they don't particularly hold the, the English competition in high regard, um, even though some players recently have, have gone over and, and done pretty well yeah. in the NRL. Obviously, just as many have gone over and haven't, but they, they don't really regard Super League as a, as a serious elite-level competition. And I think this is just a, a reflection of that. And I say that, that just the, the mindset is that state of origin and the NRL is more important than, than test rugby. Interesting, yeah. isn't it? That I think the fact that Australia have been so dominant for so long probably yeah. plays a part in that. But having said that, I mean, Australia lost to Tonga last year 
don't they? So they did. Yeah. You know, there is mounting mounting competition at international level, um, and as I say, that that to my mind is the way to go. It's it's how to promote the game and to show the sport in its its best light. I love test matches against the, the kangaroos or any yeah. test rugby, yeah. particularly against Australia. Um, but it looks like we're not going to see any of that until the World Cup next year. And of course, 2021, there's going to be some sort of knock-on effect on the 2021 season by this season running late, which looks like it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I'll I would imagine that the World Cup will be unaffected, unless, of course, we have we have another pandemic next year. But I think the World Cup will, will progress as um, as planned in the autumn of next year. What they'll probably do is is adjust Super League if if necessary to um, to fit around that. Obviously, if the competition were to finish in. December, which Gary Hetherington, the league's chief executive, thinks is a possibility, then it'd be very hard for it to start again in January. Yeah. Um, the first round this year, the first matches were played in in January, at the, right at the end of, of January. But they'll need players will obviously need a, a little bit of a longer break than that ahead of another long season. Yeah. Yeah, I, do, I would. Uh, you know, it's interesting to hear your views on that, Peter. You know, it's just one of those questions that <laughs> always, you know pondered you know why they wouldn't be as, as interested in international rugby or even if there'd been like a tradition of australia v new zealand games going back over time um you know ultimately it's up to them we can't do much about it but tango themselves have shown that you know a, de- a decent in- you know how much interest they created when they played last uh, autumn uh, and just in general it increases the profile of the game in those individual countries and even if you had like a two-tier World Cup where some of the smaller countries played to qualify for the main one, it's all just a way of spreading the gospel, isn't it? And it's a way of getting headlines and getting the game seen on TV and live. Yeah, well, there is, and, and there, a, is there is a quali- qualification process yeah. for, the, <clears throat> excuse me, for the World Cup, which, um, which has been good for, for the smaller emerging nations. Obviously... Realistically, at the top level, there's there's now four, I'd say, with with Tonga, yeah. who are capable of of beating each other. Um, on recent showing, you'd you'd say of those Great Britain stroke England are possibly fourth. Yeah. Certainly, put them behind. If you if you consider the England team to be the same as the Great Britain team, they they obviously lost every game. On last year's Lions tour, um, you'd say Tonga ahead of them yeah. at the moment. The New, Ze- well, New Zealand as well, having having picked up those Test victories last year, and clearly the Aussies are. So uh, England would have would have fancied some Test action this year, top level against the Aussies, just to, to measure themselves and see where they are going into the, the World Cup next year. And of course, New England coach, he'd be itching to uh, to get started. So it'd be interesting to see whether the RFL try and arrange something instead. But you'd think with the way that the season's going, they'll, they'll probably struggle to do that. Yeah. So if the season ends in December, I just don't see how they could 
realistically fit extra matches in. It's a little bit different playing matches that have already been arranged and that already being tickets on, already on sale for. But to, to suddenly say, well, we're going to play France or, or whoever, <clears throat> I think would um, would be difficult to fit in. It's a, it's a very complicated situation as far as restarting Super League goes. And yeah. the situation in France has, has added to that. Um, as I understand it, the French government have now said there were no live sports until September. Yeah. So where does that leave the French teams in Super League and the Championship? We've got Toulouse in the Championship, who are among the promotion hopefuls. In Catalans, obviously, pre-lockdown, we're going well in, in Super League. Yeah. What's going to happen to them? I, I would imagine they, they wouldn't want to sit out the rest of the year, but equally, would they, would they want to come over here and be based over here, play matches here? I don't know that. Yeah might be an option I suppose but it's um, it's something else Super League and the RFL are going to have to factor into their planning Leeds yeah. Rhinos for example have two games coming up on the original fixture list two games still to play at Catalans um, so just uh, again how how is that going to work it's it's just another thorny issue for um, for the planners to deal with it, it is yeah I mean I was only thinking earlier I've seen in other sports, uh, obviously league, league, football, rugby union, where overseas players have returned home during this lockdown, and now they're talking about when they do come back to the UK, they might have to have two weeks in quarantine before they can rejoin their squads. Um, yep. You know, as far as, I, as far as I understand it, that's that's sort of the case with New Zealand Warriors in Australia. Yeah, I believe that they're flying in. They're going to be based in Australia, and they're flying into. Tamworth in New South Wales this weekend um, to go into quarantine for two weeks before they can start competition. Yes. Yeah, and it seems that will be the case here. Um, oh, as you say, another thorny issue, and it, it just seems I was chatting to a colleague, Chris Oxley, about the return of football uh, at the back end of last week, and the more you think about it, you seem to come up with more reasons why we can't restart it than we can, and... I know that might be a bit depressing and down, but it's, it's it seems to be the case and factually true, you know, that we're wondering how we can get it all going again, but we've got to get all the players under one roof and fit and ready to play yet before we can take any, take any other further action. Well, that would, be, that would be the simplest solution, but unfortunately it would probably mean some clubs going to the wall. Yeah. Um, the the state of clubs' finances, they just can't afford to go best part of a year without income. No. Um, unless there's some way that um, the government or someone else can help them out. We all know rugby league's not awash with money. The RFL doesn't have the money to, to prop clubs up. So um, they will do everything they possibly can to get a competition running this year um, and to get some income coming in and to fill the Sky TV contract as we've talked about in the past yeah that's um, that's very important I think we said last week I imagine that playing behind closed doors will will be something that um, that they're looking at doing it's not ideal but it, it is a way forward it is and I think that's that's probably the thing that's stopping you know uh, football and rugby league in particular from pulling the drawbridge up for this season the fact that 
so much does ride on the TV contract. And if they can fulfil the games in any way, then they're going to obviously try and do that down to the last possible minute before actually admitting defeat. Um, and yeah, to- totally understandable as, as yeah, well. There's a yeah. lot of livelihoods on the line. I know we're talking about people's health and well-being, which is obviously the first priority, but but um, a lot of people's jobs are on the line as well. So, so you know, you can understand why clubs are so desperate to get not only get the season on, but to get a full season in and play every match that they were scheduled to do at the start of it. Yeah, and also the TV companies themselves, they'll be looking and thinking, we need some games now because people are going to unsubscribe. And a lot of jobs there, you know, riding, you know, people actually put the games on for TV, all the technicians and presenters and everything, that, that involves a huge amount of work and uh, people power, doesn't it? You know, there's a lot of people involved on that side as well. So everybody will be keen to get back. Um, exactly. As yeah, soon as. exactly. That's what we all want, isn't it? But yeah. like you say, whether, whether it's going to happen and how it's going to happen very much remains to be seen. Yeah. I just uh, read a piece, Michael Shenton, the Castleford captain, um, he was saying as well, obviously they're happy to, well, happy might not be the right word, but willing to take a pay cut in order to save the sport. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's the sort of the feeling across, <clears throat> across the game. Certainly the players I've spoken to obviously don't want to take a pay cut, but no. um, they can understand the necessity for it. Um, and they're willing to do that if it saves jobs and, and saves their their clubs. Obviously, then what will have to be decided is how long the cuts stay in place for, what happens when the, the sport gets back. Um, and it'll, it'll also be interesting to see what happens in terms of contracts because yeah. contracts expire. If the season was to go into December, contracts expire before then. So <laughs> how is how is that? going to work yeah that's just another um issue that has to be um to be factored in yeah the insurance and injury factors are, are big there aren't they if they're not covered um players won't feel the need to play for a club you know and rightly so you know why should they put the, their own futures on the line if they're not under contract with a particular team they might decide just to sit it out indeed indeed well, Peter, I'm sure we could uh, speculate and <laughs> come up with different reasons for and against, as we do every week. Uh, the sad fact is there still isn't any action to talk about, and again, it doesn't look like there will be f- for the foreseeable future, sadly. But maybe uh, from next week we could perhaps look at talking about different topics within rugby league that interest us, things like great games we've seen or great overseas players or famous finals. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, people listening, if um, if you want to send in your um, a selection of your thoughts on who your team's best overseas player has yes. been, we'd be uh, we'd be interested to see that and um, discuss that on the show next week. Yes, indeed. And as we say at the end of every show, you can keep up with the latest uh, news on the Yorkshire Evening Post website, yorkshireeveningpost.co.uk, via Peter's Twitter feed, at Peter Smith YEP, or at YEP Sports Desk, or at YEP 
uh, Richard Byron YEP even got a bit carried away with the YEPs there once again thanks to everybody for listening and also to Peter for his comments that's all for now and we'll be back soon